Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church. We pray that you are encouraged and enriched as you press on towards the cause of Christ. Welcome to another episode of Press On. This is Pastor Aaron. We are doing a leadership series. I hope you enjoyed the past several episodes. Today's guest is Pastor Timothy Cruz. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, your title. It sounds really good when I read out someone's title. It sounds, <laughs> on paper, it sounds great. But why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners today? Uh, my name is Tim Cruz, and I'm the Associate Pastor of Youth and Weekend Service Coordinator here at the Great Church of Liberty Church. Yes, Pastor Tim, you were one of the, the first leaders that I met when I moved here uh, almost five years ago. It has been a while. Yeah, I appreciate our friendship. We had an awesome experience earlier this year going to Israel together. Just We were just talking about that, how... Um, it transformed me. What, give me some takeaways from Israel. Yeah, I think I, I think Israel really took me out of my comfort zone. Like you were saying earlier today, off the mic, was it gave it gave me. I think it gave you the the courage to be courageous and bold, and really live out what God is calling us to do, even if it's uncomfortable, man. I, and, and the other thing too is it just realized how little I knew about the Bible until I stepped into the yeah. land. It made me feel even more little, but it opened up my mind to the bigger things. So I, I loved it. I'm going to go back again. Yes. When? I have no idea, but I'm going to go back. Yeah. What do you think of the food? You ever eat fish oh, for breakfast? I eat fish, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, everything, hummus every day. Everything. Oh, man. My I fun. loved it. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, experiences there, I got a picture of it, it was, was when we were overlooking uh, Jericho. Mm-hmm. And you just, you see the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I've told people this before. I always imagine the wilderness looking like the Amazon for some reason. Yeah. I just imagine like lush green and people with machetes cutting down, mm-hmm. uh, you know, vines and stuff. But it was just desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, that was... Uh, that was such an eye opener for me, and to realize that, that is what God's people went through, and um, it, it I, I reinterpreted that conversation that Moses had on the mountain with God, where yeah. God said, "Go ahead, I'm going to send an angel uh, before you." And Moses tells him, "He's like, if you don't go with us, you know, then we're not going to go." Yeah. And it just I saw that it's like, man, why would you go through that harsh condition without God? So yeah, man, it was awesome. Oh, I'm going to go cold. back too. I want to spend more time there. So uh, so today we're going to have kind of a I, I don't know if it's going to be challenging or not. I I'm not, not sure it's challenging. I'm just not sure it's talked about too often. The subject of holiness, um, it sounds antiquated. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of like an ancient thing. And um, we uh, we hear more encouraging um, messages, but I don't think the phrase holiness, and I don't, I don't think the teaching of holiness is discouraging. So why, why do you think we don't hear that much about holiness and holy living uh, nowadays? I think a lot of people don't want to commit to it like they're all for what the promises of god they're all for everything but i don't know if they're really willing to set themselves apart from what everyone else is doing and especially what youth and college students like we'll do everything that everybody else is doing but when push comes to shove we won't do what we need to do for ourselves so let's back up real quick let's define holiness all right um so when i hear the word holiness um i think of people like wearing white robes and floating around and not touching it. I think of sanity, I think of hospitals. Um, yeah. And then in the church, honestly, I get kind of that same that same imagery, robes. And and uh, I don't know how many people share that. And what, what comes to your mind when you hear holiness and then maybe dispel some of my, my pictures in my mind? I mean, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think of holiness as weird. It was being just a bunch of weird people doing like part of a cult. And now I've come to understand holiness as just being different. Yeah. And being okay with that. 
And I think we've made holiness this 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 weird thing that if if I don't if I'm part of that, then I'm part of some weird cult that does these weird things with their candles and their scents, and they make all these weird noises when it's definitely not like that. <laughs> uh, I went I went to I stayed in a monastery mm-hmm. in um, where was it? It was in I want to say Utah. I can't remember. It's been years. I was in a band. We were traveling, and we we ended up staying in this monastery. And it was there was holy hour, and nobody could talk, and you had to wear certain attire. And um, it was to be honest, it was creepy. And you you walk away feeling like, man, if that's what holiness is, um, I don't want anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. Not that they were doing anything wrong. It was just it's so out of touch. Mm -hmm. It's so you know I'm just not built for that. It's like. That's a club, and I can't understand. I can't even comprehend like a way of life. So, what what does holiness like look like, um, you know, in our day to day? And and give us a little bit more like biblical application of holiness. I, I think if I had to first break down holiness, to me, it simply means set apart, set apart from what the world offers to sticking to what God's word clearly says. We see in Romans, do not conform to the image of this world. But to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I think it first starts in the mind of setting yourself apart of, I won't think like everybody else will think. I won't do what everybody else will do. I will not stay and be like everyone else. I'm going to be different in that. Why? Because we are called to be set apart. So I think that's the first step. The second step is because I'm set apart, I do things differently. I talk differently. I live differently. I act differently. Why? Because I act according to what God's word says and because of that that is what makes me holy it doesn't make me better than anyone else it makes me stand out from the rest i mean you've seen this where you see someone and you know there's something different about them to me that's a part of god setting us apart from everyone else i mean we're children of god and why wouldn't our father give us the very best in our life but we have to follow his commands and we have to listen to what his word says to be like a child of God. And that comes with just being different and setting yourself apart from what everyone else is doing and not giving in. Yeah. So we're setting ourselves apart. All right. And I understand the biblical mandate for that. We're actually commanded be holy because mm-hmm. God is holy. holy. And um, I'm just talking about Israel. One of the first things that God did for the for the nation when he delivered them from Egypt Uh, Moses told Pharaoh, let these people go in order to go and worship God. And um, so the journey was originally intended for God to define his separateness, to to tell Israel, Israel, I'm not like the gods of Egypt. I'm not like any other gods of this world. I want to show you that I'm different or I'm holy. I'm separate. I'm I'm different. I want you to also be set apart, separate, you know, for me. And, uh, and so that was God's original intention with Egypt was to make this, this present himself and define himself as a God that's separate. So the question is separate from what? So for God, he's revealing himself to Israel as a God that is separate from all other gods. I'm higher, I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm bigger. I'm the only real true God. I even like uh, that in Psalms and Isaiah, it even says that compared to God, all other gods are not gods. <laughs> I like the wording in that because God's holiness dethrones all other gods. But so for God, it's separating himself in identity from all other gods. What are we being separated from as people? That's kind of a curveball question. Yeah, you. no, I think that's a great, that's a great question. I think we are separate. I'll give you an example. I grew up in the church, born and bred at the altar, came through everything. And I go to college to have my first 
it's my first, I'm literally 30 minutes from home. I'm at culinary school. There's a lot of pressure working in a kitchen. And what I did, which I wish I could go back and do differently, was I got into the party scene. And I would do and do things that everyone else was doing. And they all knew I was a Christian. And I felt like I, I let God down for two years of my life because I did things I should have never done. And it is a desire for me now even more to kill my flesh, not physically take a knife and kill it, but <laughs> spiritually kill that flesh desire in my life to go do those things like getting drunk, getting high, doing things that I know I should not be doing. But in that moment, I felt like I lost the witness mm. of my, my, my testimony to people who didn't know nothing about God. And now they like, they see me doing what I'm doing now. And they're like so shocked that I am doing this. And I said, yeah, I know. I wasn't the best example when I was in school at the CIA. Never was the best example. I mean, I led and I did the very best that I could. But if I could go back, I wish I could have changed everything about that. Because to be a witness, to be set apart, is to really reflect. You reflect what you know. All I knew was I got freedom. And I think when we get freedom, we sometimes don't know how to use it. Yeah. And because I lived in a very strict Spanish household. Come on. It was, <laughs> you can't do anything. No girls can call the house, nothing. If you did, you get pow pow. And uh, then I got freedom. Man. I remember one day walking to McDonald's and uh, I didn't realize that my friend was uh, drunk when he was driving. Sent us... It, it, he he ended up getting arrested. We had to go take care of him and all that. And I wish I could have been different. Well, I like what you said too. And, and let me just back up for a second because we just jumped right into this. I think yeah. it's early. I haven't had too much coffee. Have you had coffee? No, I don't Are drink you coffee. Drinking? You don't drink coffee. Don't that's drink right. Coffee. That's right. You tried to drink coffee yeah, in Israel. No, I'm so proud of you. Was, I've got a picture of that you was doing for it. you. Yeah, Bro, that I, was nasty. It meant a lot. You really manned up on it, and uh, it's okay. I mean, and that was the worst coffee you could drink. That was Turkish coffee. That was disgusting. So that's grounds and right there in Bethlehem. I think. Yeah, it was Bethlehem. That was not a good representation of coffee, but um, yeah, so you are set apart from coffee drinking. No. That's right. Praise God. But I like what you, what you, what you uh, the picture you were painting too, though, is set apart as in um, showing people, first of all, showing yourself, but being set apart a different route, an alternate route, right? An alternate direction. So um, God is calling us, scripture is very clear that we are to be on a different path. Christians, anyone who professes uh, to be a Christian should be on a different path. And that different path, I guess we call that path the holiness path. And so what I like about that is, is we don't make ourselves holy. We're trying to adhere our lives to another path, another direction, another current that God has set apart for us. And so I guess the question is, you can't talk about holiness without really talking about sin. And so here's another subject that we don't hear enough about. And I say enough about because Sin's a big problem. It's the whole reason why Christ came to earth, right? And um, I understand we need to hear messages that encourage us, that uplift us, that empower us, that help us recognize that we have an identity. We need all of that. We need to know that, you know, um, to the one that's been cutting themselves, the one that is constantly dealing with anxiety and depression and, and, and have a low uh, self-esteem and a low view of themselves, you need to have, uh, you need to realize that God has a different view of you, right? A value, you have value. Um, but that's not the only side of the coin. There's also this sin condition. And we don't like to talk about that because it, it doesn't sound as uplifting. Um, 
God is setting us on a separate path, an alternate path, a holiness path. We got to talk about sin and why the need to uh, to to depart from a sin path, a carnal path. You know, I'm sounding very churchy right now, so help me out here. But so, talk to me about the tension of sin and holiness. I, I think that's I think that's a great a great bridging subject because I believe everyone wants to be different. Everyone wants to be set apart. But we can't be different if we keep doing the same thing. I think it's the whole thing of the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I'll give you an example. I was doing an evangelism, sharing your testimony training with our students. And after I had them write down six words that describe their walk with Jesus, I said, okay, how many of you actually know what the word sin is? So let's go to Google and type in what sin is and examples of different sin. And some of them knew more about that, but they said, well, it's okay to do what that says. And then I said, then how can, you, how can your testimony be set apart if you keep doing what God's word clearly says is sin? So that's even the same thing that I will bring back to my culinary school. My testimony was was damaged because of the sin that I was allowing in my life. And I'm all about having all that God has called me to have, everything he has blessed me with, all that. But if you want what God wants, you gotta do what he says. You can't do what you want and expect him to circle around and be like the helicopter that adjusts to your path when our job is to follow the path he has for us. And I think some churches are doing a great job with addressing this issue. It's a very unpopular issue, but I do believe that it is, if we don't help our people to understand that in order to be set apart, you have to follow God's word and live a life that is pleasing unto him and stop giving in to those desires. It's the whole thing of killing your flesh. Here's the deal. Everybody wants to lose weight. Everybody wants to lose weight. Yes, I do. Everybody. (laughs) But no one wants to do the work. Yeah. To get to that that's the same thing everyone wants to be holy everyone wants to be different everyone wants to be set apart but no one wants to address the little sin things in our life that hold us back from achieving that yeah you know it just came to me while you were sharing that and I'm, I'm really trying to listen I don't want to be one of those guys that's thinking of what they're gonna say Very good. but for the sake of a podcast I kind of have to do that but uh, but I was thinking as you were saying that what came to my mind immediately is what's my expectation from God yeah um, we do things because we're trying to get stuff. I work a job because I need money. You know, I, I, I'm kind to people because I want them to be kind to me or whatever it is. I'm, why, what am I trying to get from God? I, I'm, I'm really thinking about that. that I, I think a lot of times we approach God. Um, we've heard the whole Santa Claus thing. You know, I'm trying to get something from God. What's my benefit in the exchange of, all right, I'm going to give this up so that I can attain holiness or so that because you know if we really break this down biblically it's really about christ's holiness and christ's perfection being you know imparted into our lives by his holy spirit we get real technical and all that but the point is is that we're trying to line our life up with god's standard and in order to line my life up with god's standard i got to give up some stuff and the stuff that i got to give up brings me a lot of pleasure holiness doesn't bring me pleasure so why in the world am i going after holiness um i don't know if that's really a question but I don't know if we find delight in holiness. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that because we were made in the image of God, because he knew us even before we were born, he formed us in the womb. Because of that, there may not be joy in, it should be joy in doing and living out what God commands us to do, even if it doesn't make sense. 
I mean, that's the whole fun part of it. You may not understand, but my God, I thank God that he forgives me of my sins and allows me to be alive. Like even waking up this morning, some situations may not be great, but I thank God he allowed me to wake up. So why wouldn't my life reflect his life and my own? Yeah, yeah. I also don't think we've recognized just the weight of sin. Yeah. I don't think we, re and that's part of the problem. We don't talk about it enough and we don't realize the destructive power. So I think of when I was young, when I was going to youth group and I was in the church scene, um, I was in love with the church environment, but not so much in love with Jesus. And I had, the Bible calls it yeast. It, the Bible calls it, you know, chaff. Um, areas in my life that remained unconfronted. Um, and I just lived with it, you know? Like when I was a little, little boy, you know, I found some some inappropriate magazines and me and my cousins, we looked through it and giggled and stuff like that. But that, that put seeds in my life. And I lived with it for years and years and years and years and years through my youth group years and through. And what I didn't realize is that that began to grow. And what started off as a little bit of imagination, it ended up growing into addiction. It, it ended up expressing itself in all sorts of different ways that the root of that started when I was really, really, really young. But the sin was never confronted. And if you would have asked me at 13 or 14 or 15, I would have said, yeah, you know, maybe I've said this or maybe I've seen that, but you know, it's not, I'm not out there, I'm not committing crimes. And I didn't realize that that began to grow. And by the time I was in my, my early 20s, man, I was a living wreck. I was far away from the Lord. I was, I was dealing with alcohol problems and all sorts of challenges in my life, right? And so at 14, 15, you tell me live holy. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm not out stealing and I'm not out, you know, you know, breaking people's houses and stuff like that. So I'm good. But when you begin to look at God's standard of righteousness and holiness and all that stuff, then you begin to inspect this little stuff. And I realized, man, how criminal, spiritually criminal, how spiritually bad <laughs> and unhealthy some of this stuff is. And so I don't, Maybe maybe we're not valuing this idea of holiness enough because we don't recognize just how detrimental certain sin sin really is. And so how do we help people begin to recognize like, man, like sin is costly. It, again, I, I guess what we start sounding like is ancient people, you know, it begins to sound real antiquated. It sounds like old school. So what's how do we address this kind of like nowadays? You deal with youth, you know, more than I do. How do we, how, how, how does that conversation go? How do we begin to, help people understand the weight of sin yeah i think oh well, i don't think people understand the weight of sin too it's too heavy to carry um hmm. wow i think i mean we get so used to lifting a certain amount of weight and it becomes normal but then when it becomes too much then we realize and we try to cover it up with oh i can just do this or that's so you you mess up your form and then you're lifting then you mess up your whole form then you hurt yourself and then you realize it is too heavy for me to carry so I think one thing that helps us understand the weight of sin is I think of the prophet, um, it was Nathan who really held David accountable and called him out and said, you're wrong, buddy. What are you doing? And I think accountability helps people to understand the weight of the sin that you're messing with. It's like, for example, one morning, uh, it was one afternoon after church, we, my friend and I were doing a barbecue pit. So we made our own. And I was trying to light it up and it wasn't lighting. So he took gas fuel, charcoal fuel, 
filled up the pit. Oh man! Didn't realize it. No, no. So no. then he takes a stick lighter <laughs> and he goes and he lights it, and the thing shot up fire and almost caught the tree above us on a fire. <laughs> and I think we in that that metaphor, that idea of my life was we we set it up and we don't realize how much fuel we add into it. And then we go to light something or something in our life happens, it explodes. Mm. Why? Because we didn't realize how much fuel we were adding to the fire that we were about to light to light up. And now because it's lit, it's out of control. Man, man. All right. So, so you, 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 you've touched a lot of lives. Um, so on the other side of it, now you've touched lives where it's exploded. And um, we're not we're obviously not trying to single anybody out, but some of the explosions that you have run across now that if someone maybe earlier on if they would have maybe understood man god's calling me to a different path this you know holy path if i would have directed my life in that direction it would have i might have been able to avoid some of this i I have to say number one uh be accountable yeah find someone who you trust and who is a mentor and be accountable to them they're not controlling you you are controlled of your own life but they are helping putting the bumper bumpers up in your life to say, don't do that. I would say find someone 10 steps ahead of you and ask them in what you're struggling with, how did you deal with that? And allow them to speak into your life. Another thing too, man, I would make sure I get plugged into a community of believers who love me for me and do not try to change me because they want me to be who they want me to be but someone who accept me for me. I mean, I'm Hispanic. I'm loud. I'm proud. I'm Puerto Rican. Come That's on. what we do. Wait, I'm, not, hanging in. <laughs> I'm not going to change myself as I'm talking about Puerto Rico as I have the Puerto Rican flag right above Aaron's head. Yeah. But I, I need to be okay. And here's one thing that I would, if I could go back and tell my younger Tim back in school, is be okay with who God made you to be and stop trying to f- let your life be fulfilled by other things that may entice you to go back down the wrong path. Man, if I had that little voice in my ear when I was 21, 20, even 16, 15 as a kid, you know, I think things would have been a lot different. Yeah. So I wish I can go back, but I can't. So now I tell people, this is what I would do. So please hear me. So uh, last couple of questions here. Observing holiness and as a kid and you've seen your parents, grandparents, people, church people. And going, oh, that's what that means. What, what does what did holy holiness look like as a kid? What does it look like today? Yeah, I think holiness back then was a list of regulations that you could not, like for example, I couldn't wear jeans in church. It had to be a suit. I could not literally even look the wrong way mm. because if the pastor saw me, he would hit me with his Bible. <laughs> uh, and I think holiness today. It is literally a bunch of regulation and rules that are so different from what God's word says. Now, I think some people take the whole setting apart to an extreme, but where is it in the Bible that you can't do certain things? Like, I don't, I, I struggle with that. And until you can show me word for word, then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall back into that trap. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we become, I think holiness today has become more of an opinionated version instead of God's word version. And I think because of that, we're, we're turning people off instead of turning them on for God's glory.
So you've made a really good point just now about um, until someone can show me, I'm not going to bind my life up and I'm not going to I'm not going to get tied up in your definition of of what's acceptable to God um, until you can show me. I like that until until I can see it in God's word. And so God's word brings freedom. God's word brings liberty, all this great stuff so that we're not, you know, um, enslaved to another man's opinion of what they think is acceptable to God. Now, one of the duties of a pastor is to help people understand and see what God's standard is. Um, this is what God's word says. All right. So how do I take what I'm what I've got going on in my life? Movies I'm watching, music I'm listening to, places I'm going, people I'm hanging out with. How do I take that and then and, and really hear from God? And you got people listening right now and they go, OK, I, I do this with my life. Does God approve of it? How do we begin to figure out what God approves of? Well, I think always our final authority is God's word. We come back to the word of God and we look to see what does God's word say about that. And then from there, you take, here, I think we try to go after and we go after the big dog instead of starting at the small spots and just start and literally just start chipping at one at a time using God's word as my final authority. Help me to, to see how does that tell me? Like, for example, if I am struggling with anxiety, I think of the Psalm when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me great joy. So when anxiety is great within me, I think of Philippians to be content, to think on these things, what is pure, what is noble, what is true, what is trustworthy. Think upon these things and the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guide and direct your ways. But I love how Paul also says, and, the, and you want God's peace? Put into practice everything I've taught you in this book and you will have that peace. We want peace, but we don't want to do the work for it. Mm. We don't want to cut off what everything. Well, we're all about, you know, I, I, do, I, I keep going. I do that, but then I have the weight on me that I'm carrying. But instead of simply just, you got to cut it out. Wow. And that, that brings us back to an earlier question is, uh, you know, um, what is the value? You know, people love what, I loved the sin I was living in for a season until I hated it. Yeah. And I didn't, um, I didn't see the value of giving up certain things. It's like, why am I going to give that up? You know, um, I mean, I didn't word it that way, but that's how I lived. That was my mindset. Um, you, you just, you see no value in it. I looked at church life as drab and it's like, man, I, I don't want to apply that. I, I, it's good for me as it is until I needed the peace, until I needed joy, until I needed a sense of purpose. And I realized as I allowed God to make changes in my heart and I consciously said, I'm not, man, I think people are waiting for God to do the work for them. They're like, well, if God doesn't want that, you know, God's will be done and God will take it out of my life. And we, we say these flipping prayers and we don't realize that you just said there's a responsibility attached that I have to say, no, I, I no longer want this in my life. So as I give that up, then the value comes in. The, what I'm really valuing, what I'm really longing for, what I really need in my life is is God's peace. And that's not something that any of the stuff I was doing brought me. No matter how much I smoked, or how much I drank, it didn't bring that sense of peace. And so, um, man, I hate, think you hit it right on the head, is until I'm willing to give stuff up, I'm not going to receive what Christ wants to put into my life. And that's that's something, man, I, I, I can't imagine my life right now. I can't survive without God's 
peace without God's presence, freedom from anxiety and fear and depression. And some people are struggling with that. It doesn't mean that you're not trying to um, receive that from Christ. It doesn't mean that you may not even have you know sin in your life. Maybe you're trying to live a holy life. Some of that stuff comes by way of process, you know, just daily getting up and daily reading the scripture and daily walking after the things of God. Um, so real quick, Pastor Tim, just um, how do you move forward now from what you saw growing up as holiness and how do you move how do you move forward and say okay you know some of that really wasn't biblical standard stuff it's just tradition how do you how do you filter through what's tradition and in some regards even honor that tradition but still move forward to a new place of freedom all the while embracing holiness yeah i think that it starts with understanding really who god made you to be and then the second thing is you have to really own your own faith you can't own what was previously taught to you yeah as it's like having your faith is built in your parents or someone else's but not in your own so until you have your own encounter with god and then you understand how he made you then you are able to understand how you tick how i work what i know i need to stay away from what I know I need to get accountability for, what I know I have to submit to and keep out. Like if 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 TV is causing you to go into a state of sinning and unholiness, then maybe you have to do the extreme of cut the cords, put it up on Facebook Marketplace, sell it for fifty dollars. Okay, <laughs> whatever it is you have to do. So you're getting extreme, man. Though yeah. you're, you're getting extreme because you know people love their Netflix. You know, I, I love Netflix. Uh, yeah, man. we love our I Netflix. Love Netflix. Um, we love our our you know our Insta streams. Um, so these are the things that I was talking about. It brings you pleasure, but to cut it out, like man, is it really worth it? Mm -hmm. um, or can I just bypass certain stuff? How do I how do I figure this out? I was watching a show the other day with my wife. We were enjoying it, and then it got to an episode, and out of nowhere, it took a turn, and we were like. I don't need to be watching this, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, we, at first we did the fast forward thing and then it was just like, we need to just turn it off. Like, um, we don't, I don't want that in my home. I don't want that filtering through my mind. Like to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So, um, how do we, how do we really do it? We say stuff like that, like, you know, get rid of your phone, you know, or get rid of your TV. But like, are we really going to do that? Like what has to happen inside of me that I'm willing to really give that up? When I was at my heaviest, I had to come to a place where enough was enough. And I think if we never come to that place of enough is enough, then when it goes to the extreme and it boils over, mm. then you have no way to change the outcome. Yeah. But I had enough. And because of that, I made changes in my life that I knew I would not like. I love soda. I love Coca-Cola. But when that becomes a comfort for me, I am gluttony becomes my sin. And I think, if you want to talk about something that's not talked about, is gluttony. That is, we, we run to a comfort, and because we have that comfort, we rely on it. And then when we rely on it too much, it becomes a way of life. Now we start sitting against God, and we don't even realize it. Come on. Come on. So yeah. that was a big one for me. Wow. So when I, I mean, I used to drink about 24 cans in two days. What? Yeah, two to three days. <sighs> I don't even drink that's, that much water. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would down Coca-Cola like water. But it came to a point where I realized this is a comfort for me, and now it has progressed to more of a comfort. I am being gluttonous in my life, and I had to get rid of that. And it's been now four years 
since I've had any Coca-Cola. You serious? Yeah, wow. four years. Wow. And um, I can't, I can't technically drink seltzer. I mean, I love seltzer. That was a good alternative, but I realized that that became a kick for me. So until you either have enough is enough, if you're not listening to anyone else, you have to come to that place as enough is enough. But if you miss that, and then you come to a place of it's too late, though it may feel too late, thank God for his grace. Yeah, yeah. That just picks me up and helps me to move forward. And I am a product of that. Come on. Yeah, and you have lost a tremendous amount of weight. You're looking good. Wearing the busting in them skinny jeans right come now. On, baby. Yeah, yeah. I can't uh, be a real pastor without skinny <laughs> jeans. Man, no, you know what you just said, um, again, just just it really it really took me back is um we either change or we're forced to change. Um, we either change before a crisis or we encounter a crisis. And um, I know that I've had crisis in my life. And so now because of that moving forward, I'm try- I try to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is, is there's people that have gone through crisis. They change for a little while. Doctors will tell you this all the time. Change for a little while. And then they go, they go back to it. Because even though they had a crisis, they were scared in the moment. They had an encounter that maybe they made them fearful. But then after a little while, they go back to it. They revert back to the old habits, the old way of life. And it ultimately will bring that same crisis back, but this time even stronger. Jesus even said something about that, that when a person's cleansed um, uh, from, from uh, uh, the powers of the enemy, that um, that they got, they've got some stuff they got to do. They have to fill their lives now with new things. If they leave it empty and swept and clean and just you know sanitary, um, then some of those things can revisit and it'll revisit even stronger. And so um, you've been on a health journey, um, and because of that, you see the benefit of your journey. And you've encountered a little bit of crisis, and you're like, I don't want to go back to. I want to. I want a better projection. We need. Maybe we need a little bit of an encounter, a crisis encounter with some sin or listen to the testimonies of people. Listen to the stories of people. I know I can tell you a little bit of my story, but there's plenty of voices that will tell you the consequence of addictions, of habits, of poor behaviors, of not striving to live according to God's holy standard. And so, okay, Tim, 30 seconds here. All right. Um, Moving forward now. um, How do how do we model holiness be true to god's word and more of a more of a actionable point is really the old-fashioned think before you speak think before you act don't act before counting the cost and if you have if you're questioning it and you still do it then the question is was it really right for you to do so i would say slow down be more aware and Realize God's not calling you to be boring. I think a lot of people think holiness is boring. But when you really have truly encountered Jesus, it's not boring. It's a choice. And I have fun being a Christian. Yeah. I will laugh. I will have fun. I will do things I never thought I can do. But because I, I take the time to process things more, I trust the process, and I, and, I, and I take the time to think out what is the consequence before doing it, that makes my life a lot easier to manage. Yeah value of holiness man holiness today it's not something that's popular it's not something that's often talked of because i think we maybe don't understand it or like you just said it just sounds like boring and before we get to this place of holiness we need to have this sense of value and a sense of who we are in christ but you know what who we are in christ is determined by applying ourselves to the holiness you can't be who you are in christ and who god has called us to be in him 
and him in us without holiness. So it's the other side of the coin. Pastor Tim, I appreciate your time um, talking to me. Um, just a, a lot of insight here. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I hope that uh, uh, that Tim has spoken to you and um, I hope you can take some of this and apply it. I pray that you find value in um, applying your life to God's word. And, and I pray that you begin to investigate, God, what is this holiness thing? What does it look like? What do I need to cut out of my life um, in order for you to fill my life? Because uh, God doesn't leave us broken. He doesn't leave us empty. It's not all about just giving stuff up. He, he He's looking to exchange things uh, in our lives. And so I pray that you would have a a supernatural curiosity uh, of this thing called holiness. Tim, would you pray for us right now? Sure, pray for any sure. listener that uh, that maybe wants to take a step towards this, you know, holy living and um, that God would help them uh, with that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, God, that you call us higher than we ever think we could go. And that you call us that at, at going to that place, we have to let go of things that we are so used to and comfortable. But Father, I pray in this very moment for whoever is listening, that God, that you would comfort them, you would give them that peace, that it's okay to let go of those things that hold them back, but God, to help them, Lord, step into who you have called them to be. Lord, we wanna be holy. Help us, Lord, to walk in that, to move towards that, to give up these things that pull us away from your presence. And God, we just, we just pray that you would give us the courage, the boldness, the ability to speak up, to live our life pleasing and holy unto you. So Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for Pastor Aaron. God bless his heart and all that he does, Lord. And for every person listening to the sound of our voice, Lord, may it always be about you, not about us. We're so grateful for this honor and privilege we have to be in your presence. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Tim for joining me today for another episode of Press On. I pray that you're encouraged and enriched as you press on towards the cause of Christ. Good having you, Pastor Tim. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I pray you were encouraged, enriched, and inspired to chase after God. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you take a minute and share it? Let's encourage each other with God's word. And remember, if you do not have a church to attend, we invite you to visit us at Garden City Church. We're located at 140 Bridge Street in Beverly, Massachusetts, and we meet in the Emmanuel Congregational Church building. If you need prayer or an encouragement, I invite you to email me at pastor at Garden City Church church.net or you can visit me online at aaronrios.com or any social media outlet hey till next time keep pressing on towards christ god bless you